Well, I want you to grab your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. We've been in the series One Another. How many of you, uh, how many of you been enjoying the, serve, the teaching One Another, been learning things out of it? Good, I've been learning things out of it. It's been growing me. And since it's One Another, I have another message for you on One Another. And today I want to talk to you about serving one another. We live in a culture in America where everything is based on service. Everything's based on service. My concern is, is that the American church has brought the mentality that that's what I expect when I arrive is service. And you should. Because I'm going to tell you, how many know there is something about being in the service that is absolutely powerful? It's not just when I'm by myself at home, there's that anointing, but there's something about compounded corporate anointing. When you get in a corporate setting and there's a lot of anointing in the house, the dynamic is different. But I want to talk to you about what makes all that happen in the corporate setting? What makes it happen when we're reaching the world, when we're reaching the next neighbor? What makes that? It comes by understanding serving one another. So look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, and join me in there for, would you, for a moment. The Apostle Paul words to those believers. He says, for you have been called to live in freedom. He said, you're not under that law, but now you've been freed. But he says, here's something I want to show you something, brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. In other words, Jesus forgives, so let me find something for him to forgive me. I'm going to go do whatever I want. He said, don't let that freedom satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to do what, everybody? Say this with me. To serve one another in the reality is, is you can't truly serve somebody if you don't do it out of the basis of love. If you're doing it to be recognized, if you're doing it because you want a title, you'll get so frustrated and get sick of serving people. But I have discovered that when I fall in love with Jesus Christ more, I fall in love with people more. And not just those who speak in tongues or are born again, or show up on Sunday. It gives me the ability to serve people I don't even know, with no strings attached, that I don't even get a thank you from. And because you love Jesus more, you're going to love people more. And if you love people more, then you will not try to steal from people, whether they're born again or not. You won't lie to those people. You won't envy their position, their possessions, their money. You won't envy them. You won't try to hurt them in any way. In fact, what you'll end up doing is the more you love Jesus, the more you'll love people. And if you love people more, you'll end up serving them more. It really is. And that's what I think has made this church so amazing. Is y'all are getting the heart of Jesus. And you just love serving people with no strings attached. Come on. In fact, tell, tell the person beside you. When we're serving others, we're serving Christ. Come on, tell them that. When we're serving others, we're serving Christ. You really are. You're serving him. Now, I know there's some of you, this is your first time to come to Grand Rapids first, and you will be back. 
you, you'll be back. I don't know what's going to attract you. I don't know what it is. It might be the music. It's great worship here. Unbelievable worship. The presence of God so strong there. I, I know the word is powerful. I'd come back just for Pastor Sam. You know, my Asian persuasion will get to you. Amen. Amen. I like eating Chinese over and over and over and over and over. I like it for leftovers. Amen. There's a lot of things that draw you here, but there's a reason why some of you are now family. You were on the fringe. Then you started becoming a part of the crowd. Now you're a part of the core. Now you're a part of serving. It's amazing what's happened in you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. But there was something that made you come back. And there are some of you right now watching online, just even our online experience with our pastors engaging you, you're going, I've never seen anything like this. There's a reason you even come, keep coming back online and then next thing you know, you'll be sneaking in the back door, sitting in the balcony. Move a little closer. Sit in the back. Then you keep moving up. Then you'll be up on the front row like this bunch up here. There's something that makes you keep coming back. There's a lot of things. And you know one of the things I hear from guests many times, the reason why they keep coming back to this church, can I tell you what it was? It was how you treated them. How you treated them. How they were treated when they got on the property. See, the altar call doesn't happen when the lights go low and the organ starts playing just as I am without one plea. It doesn't happen when there's a tremble in my voice. The altar call actually started with people taking care of the lawn. Because if you can take care of the lawn and keep the place fixed up, if you can treat those things well, then we'll treat other people well because we treat everything well as if it was under Jesus Christ. That's why when you go to work, you don't treat it slouchy because it proves how you treat Jesus and how you treat others. Serve. You know what it was? Some of you, it was those signs when you pulled up in the parking lot with someone smiling, and there they were in the cold, flipping that sign, saying, welcome to Grand Rapids First. I, I came off that bridge, and I saw some of our young people, middle schoolers, holding signs, smiling, good morning. How many appreciate even middle schoolers sitting there holding up a sign, welcome you to church? For some of you, it was the greeter. For some of you, it was the usher. Some of you, it was the experience your kids had in the kids' first nursery. I mean, some of you don't even realize that, but the ladies that are serving, and the men are serving, but the ladies, when they change little one's diapers, when the ladies change little one's diapers in there, if your child's still in diapers, do you know what happens when they have to change your, 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 your child's little duty diaper? They speak, they don't go, whoa, <laughs> this kid needs potty training. They don't do that. You know what they do? There's a blessing and they speak your child's name out and speak the blessing of God over your child. They take the duty out of the duty and they start speaking blessing our child because they feel called. This is not child care. This is not babysitting. This is a ministry to them. And some of you are back because your kids were so rejoicing, your kid has never enjoyed like your kids, kids first ministry. They're going, this is, we love this. Or they're going to kids first youth and they're going, mom and dad, this is amazing. I find friends, I find joy. All of this starts happening. Some of you come back online. You know why you come back online? Because of the experience of, of how 
those who do camera work and they do sound. You're enjoying that over there. You keep coming back. Some of you keep coming back to thrive. Some of you keep coming back because you, you love serving evangelism. They got places where I can serve. But let me tell you why all of that happens. The reason why you come back is because it happens because we have people that love to serve, so they serve with love. I don't know if you all realize this, but it takes hundreds of people to volunteer to make this ministry work every week. I think at one point we're up to over 700 people per week that have to be serving for your child to enjoy the ministry there, for you to enjoy Thrive, for you to enjoy the service, the technology, all this, over probably 700 people per week to make the ministry of Grand Rapids first happen. Hundreds per week. And you know why? They're like some of you in this room. You said, I remember when I first got in the back and then I started sitting in the balcony, started sitting in the gallery, got closer, got closer, got a part of a small group, and all of a sudden the next thing I know is, I found my gift and I wanted to find a place to serve. Actually what happened is, you started growing in Christ. And when you grow in Christ, you actually start serving. So here's what really happens. What we happen to us and what's happening to you is you grow from serve us to service. You've actually grown from service, give me a good song. I hope the song is on today. I hope, I hope, they, sing a, I hope they sing a Maverick City song. Man, I wish they would at least sing a Bill Gaither once in a while. I wish they'd do something. But I hope somebody leaves me a parking spot out there. I, ho- I don't want to have to walk. It goes from serve us to service. Because that's actually what's happening when you grow in Christ. You move from serve us, the American mentality, get my drink here. How come my food's not hot? This is not what I ordered. Somebody cut in line. I'm tired of waiting in this drive through to serve us. How can I make it better so I can show you Jesus? Because I love him, so I love to serve, so I serve because I love. <sighs> How many of you love to serve? Amen. You love to serve. So you say, well, Pastor, I, I don't know if, if I really have anything to give. Here's what I'm going to say to those of you watching online and those of you here. You have been released to serve. In fact, I declare over you, I release you to serve in the body of Christ. I release you to serve in the body of Christ. See, but some people don't realize, what, is, what am I supposed to do in the body of Christ? I think that's the biggest part that some churches get confused, so they have a deluded idea of who's supposed to be doing what in the body of Christ. So I want to show you what my job description is as a pastor and what your job description is as someone who follows Jesus Christ in a body of believers. So I want to show this to you. So it's really, it's job descriptions, if you will. And if you don't know it, then you got the wrong people doing the wrong thing and wrong expectations. So go with me to Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. The apostle Paul wrote this under the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to look at this real good. He tells those new believers in the church of Ephesus, he says in verse 11, Ephesians 4, 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. How many know they're gifts? The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. They're gifts. You're welcome. I'm a gift. (laughs) I'm a gift. Okay, but what's my responsibility? Their responsibility, their responsibility is to what, everybody? Equip 
God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Isn't that really clear? Because if I start doing what God told you as the body to do, and you start doing what I'm supposed to do, how many of you know we're going to have a dysfunctional church? See, the ministry of the church does not belong to Pastor Sam. The ministry of the church belongs to the people of God to build the body of Christ. See, I'm not here to do all the ministry. How many know I couldn't anyway? But that's the reason why 1,500 pastors are leaving the ministry every month in the United States of America because they can't figure this thing out. They are worn out and they can't take it. They sacrifice their marriages, their families because they can't figure this one out and God's people can't figure this one out. 1,500 a month leaving the ministry in America. It's because of this, predominantly because of this. See, so I'm not here to do the ministry of the church. I'm here to give my ministry to the church. So you know what my number one job is to be doing? He says, your responsibility, Sam, is you better be equipping the people. They better be being trained. There better be opportunities for them to serve, opportunities for them to release. There ought to be training. There ought to be a place that they can be trained to do the work of the ministry so they can build up the body of Christ and glorify Jesus in this community. So, friends, can I just be very clear? If our pastors on this team and our staff are not equipping you to serve so you can build up the body to do the work of the ministry, and how many know, how many know it requires me to be an example in that ministry because the way you train people is by doing yourself. Remember what I said? I'll never ask you to do what Pastor and Brent and I will not do ourselves. Never will ask you. If we're not doing it, you don't need to do it because we're the example. So I do have to do ministry, but it ought to be directly related to training and equipping you to do the work of the ministry. And if our pastors don't do that, if our staff doesn't do that, then you know what we're doing? We're not, equip we're not equipping you, then we are actually crippling you in your growth with Jesus Christ. That's good. That's good. We are crippling you. I mean, could you imagine a parent, could you imagine mom and dad, if your goal in life is to keep doing for what your child is doing, what your child can't do, you keep doing it, they're born at two years old, five years old. There are things you got to do they can't do, but you're still going to keep doing those things for them when they're 20. Could you imagine what kind of dysfunctional child, a crippling growth your child would have? But that's what happens in the spirit in even bodies of believers. It's because people say, wait a minute, this is my responsibility to God. I'm to equip. They're to take that equipping and take it and take it in ministry and release him. What I'm telling you is you have a gift and a service you need to release or you will not grow in Jesus Christ. If you're not serving, you're not growing in Jesus Christ. You have a gift. Tell your neighbor this. Just look at him and say, you have a gift. You have a gift. It's a great gift. You say, well, I don't know what it is. Look, look, 1 Peter 4.10. You're released to serve. Look at this. It's so good. He said, God has given each of you, each of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well. For what? 
to get a title and everybody can recognize you and say thank you to you, that they could not survive without you. No, use them well to do what? To serve one another. Can, everybody, who has your mobile device with you this morning? Who has it with you? Just hold it up real high. Turn it on so I can see it. <clears throat> Wave it at me like a rock concert. All right, all right, all right. There's some of you just totally disconnected from the rest of the world. I, I get that. But I want you to get it out just for a moment. Get your mobile device out. Open up that church app just for a second. Just open it up for a second. <clears throat> and I want you to go over, and you'll just scroll down, and you'll see volunteer opportunities, okay? Those of you that are watching online, you might have your laptop out, so you can go to the website there. Just go to the website and go to Outreach. Look for the button that says Outreach, and then hit Volunteer Central. Scroll down to you see Volunteer Central and hit that. So I want you that have the app, go to Volunteer Opportunities, punch that thing, and you're going to see a drop-down box of every area where people can serve and give their gift away volunteering in this body. And I want you to keep it open for a moment. And maybe throughout the duration of this service, go through it. And I want you to start asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I have a gift. As I look through this, what's something that sparks joy and something leaps in me a little bit that, that I have an ability to do? And I want you to look at a church, <coughs> church believer, especially some of you that have been in church all your life and now you're disengaged out of service. Or some of you that are brand new in Jesus and don't think you have anything to offer. I want you to look at that and say, Holy Spirit, Help me to listen. What is it you want me to do? And I want you to get ready to click on that, and then you can fill out the rest of that material just a moment. But I want you, you may not know. You say, well, I don't know my gift, Pastor. I don't, I don't know what it is. You know what I discovered? You know I discovered my gifts when I was volunteering. You can actually discover what your gift is while you're volunteering. The grow class, that happens right after the service. And for those of you online, right after the service, the grow class, go right through that door there. They'll teach you how to discover even your spiritual gift through some testing to help you discover it. But I want you to look at that and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with my gift to release it? How? And see if the Holy Spirit speaks to you in one of those areas. It might be tech, running a camera. It might be holding a sign. Just find it. It might be working with our kids' first nursery. I mean, right now, our children's ministry is exploding with growth right now. That means a lot of young families are coming here. Seriously, We're, right now, last Sunday, it's not even Easter. Last Sunday, two Sundays in a row, we broke our records in children's ministry for attendance last week since COVID. Since COVID, we broke our records. That means somebody's out there, but I'm telling you, they're in great need out there right now. You say, well, I'm not good with kids. I know. Well, I, I don't know if I, I, I can't sing like the choir. We know. Or the background, the, the worship team. Oh, I don't like. I don't like working with young adults. I. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't listen, we know we're not going to ask you to do something you're no good at. Do you know why? Because you're no good at it. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to do that, then I, if I'm going to do that, have you do something you're not good at? There's something in there you're good at. Every one of you have a gift. Don't lie to me. You have a gift. God gave it to you. His word says he gave it to you. And I'm not going to ask you to do something you're just not good at. Because if I'm going to behave like that, then when Brenda and I get home, we're going to ask everybody to do what we do, and we're going to turn our refrigerator into an oven. 
and turn our oven into a refrigerator. We're going to start taking the chicken and we're going to keep it in the oven for safekeeping. And then when it's time to cook it, we're going to cook it in the refrigerator. How many know somebody's going to get sick? Do you know there are a lot of sick churches and sick bodies because people don't get this and they won't get involved and release their gift, that God's special gift he's given them? I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm just trying to tell you, you got a lot of goody left in you that you ought to be releasing. I'm sure it's a great benefit. So I want you to serve where you're blessed, not where you're bored. If you're bored with kids, I don't want you serving with kids because you're going to bore the kids. But you might be good at accounting. You might be a good at organization. You might be good at holding a sign. You might have the greatest smile in all of West Michigan, and that smile may be the altar call to an unbeliever that walks through this door. You have a gift. Everybody say, I have a gift. And it's not about your ability. People say, well, I can't sing. I say, no, it's not about your ability. It's about your availability. The greatest ability anybody has is their availability. Say, okay, I'm going to do something. I can find out. I can plug in once a month. I can do something. The greatest ability is availability. And no, listen, without availability, any ability is no ability at all. It's a wasted ability if you're not making it available. How many thank God he said to all of us, you're my child. I put a gift in you. I release you to serve. Woo! Everybody, everybody shout out, released to serve. Lord, release us to serve. Now, why is that so important? Because when you're serving, you're actually reflecting Jesus Christ, the Savior. One indicator that you can use to know if you're growing in Christ, one indicator, and some of you are even watching online, you got to watch this. But one of the indicators to prove that you're truly growing in Jesus, now just because you've been in church 67 years doesn't mean you're growing. If you want an indicator to know if you're growing, one of the indicators that you're growing in Christ is that you're actually serving like Christ. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Let's go on and see what Paul said there. He said, instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. You might be the head, you might be the ear, you might be the finger, you might be the toes, you might be the knee, you might be the belly button, you may be the lint in the belly button, I don't know. But everything works perfectly. Each part does its own special work. It does what, everybody? Say the word out loud. It, it does what? It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Do you realize that actually serving helps you grow in your love for Jesus and other people? See, the proof of spiritual growth is when you move beyond just being served at 
the table. I want you to sit at the table. I love when y'all come to the table. I love when you come to the table to eat because I'm going to, I've been working on the recipes all week long. I've been shopping. I've been looking for all the ingredients and I try to prepare a meal for you that you eat. I want you to eat, 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 eat. I want you to walk out of your stuff. I want you to go to the spiritual buffet, get all you can from the worship. Just eat it, eat it, grow. I mean, just keep eating. Get Put on your recreational stretchy pants and eat. But I need you to move beyond just being served and eating from your small group, from your church, from your pastor, from the worship. See, John 13, we talked about it in our second teaching on one another, where Jesus refused to stay at the dinner table and just eat. He did eat because you got to eat or you can't produce. You must eat or you cannot produce. Jesus just didn't stay at the dinner table, but then he said, let me tell you what the power of the food does. It gives you the ability to humble yourself, put on a towel, and the creator starts washing feet. Because it's not just nobodies that wash feet, it's somebody, the creator of the universe, that's what he does, he serves. You gotta move from just eating at the table. It can't be just serve us. It turns into serve service. You know, uh, Brenda is an incredible decorator, has an incredible gift. I mean, all the places we've been renovating through the years, Brenda's eyes been on all this. I mean, just, and she's really good at it. She's really good at it. And our home is exactly the same way. But I was kind of hoping around the dining room table she'd make it just a little bit more comfortable and put Lazy Boy recliners around it. <laughs> and all of you are going, well, you're out of your mind. Every woman's going, we're not going to put no Lazy Boy recliner around the, what are you, nuts? But I think that's what some people in the church in America want. They don't give. They don't serve. They just want to sit in the Lazy Boy recliner and be fed, serve us, and it's never service. In fact, let me just tell you, the most uncomfortable chairs in our whole house are around the dining room table. Wood bottoms. Wood bottoms. Why? Because we need you to eat or you can't produce, but the purpose is to get you out of this chair and get you to service, to produce in this family. I have a special chair. It does have a little cushion, so I can stay a little longer. Bring this in. How many have the special chair? Amen. Mm-hmm. It's wrapped in plastic. Amen. Yes. Amen. Because it's not meant to stay there. That's why your dining room tables are the most uncomfortable chairs in the whole house. It's to get you to move from the intake to start producing something. In fact, do you know where most of the complaints come? Of the chair? You know which chair gets the most complaints? No, 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 no not, the, not the hardwood dining room table. I think the one that gets the most complaints, the most whining comes from this chair around the dining room table. It's called the high chair. 
No, really, when you have the kid in there, it's not a high chair, it's an eye chair. <laughs> I'm hungry. I don't like what you're putting in front of me. Well, I don't blame you. When you start growing up, I mean, who wants to eat this? Any takers? Organic. Well, that's the first mistake right there. I was a, no. No. Organic. Who makes this stuff? Pear? Kale? I've never heard pear and kale ever going together. And cucumbers. Oh, oh, it's vacuum sealed, so you know it's fresh. Doesn't smell fresh. The most whining is right out of this table. In fact, I've discovered you gotta make them sit in that chair many times. Some of the most immature believers are the ones you gotta beg to come to the table, beg to show up to church, beg to get involved. And then, like Paul said, he says, I, I wanted to give you meat, but I had to give you milk because you never matured. And then when they get a little taste of what we give them, I've always wondered. I've always wondered. Let me see if I can figure out what all the griping's about. All the whining and crying that come from that chair. Okay. You can feel it from over there, can't you? I mean, I'm up here, you can feel it from over there. Okay, that's pretty nasty. And I'd throw it across the room. I would. I'd complain if you're 12 years old and 13 years old and you're still being fed this. But maybe it's being fed because there's been no growth or development. Because one of the indicators that we're growing in Christ is we move from the eye chair to serving. And the reason the high chair Christianity gets the most complaints is because God wanted you to complain. Because he didn't intend for you to stay there being strapped in it. He didn't intend for you to stay on this. He made it the most uncomfortable flavors and the most uncomfortable chair because he said, I created you for more. There's a maximum, there's an optimum, there's something that I want you to push away from the table. I know it's a process. You can't run from this to porterhouse steak. You just can't do it. But I'm telling you, there's a process. He makes it uncomfortable, and he's saying you should be serving. My concern in the America church is we have gone to serve us and never serve us. That what is my gift? How can I release it? Where can I take the time to give it? I, I, I gotta find a place to give that. Sometimes I think the American church looks like the cartoon character Charlie Brown. Where everybody wants the title and everybody wants more knowledge. How can you get, why can't you give me the latest Maverick song? How come you ain't got the greatest teaching? Have you heard Joyce Meyer's new teaching and what they want is more knowledge? I'm not against knowledge. I'm not against doctor. I'm not against teaching. But I'm telling you, it's like Charlie Brown's body. A really big head and a really, really small body. The body's not keeping up with the head. And we think following Jesus is getting more knowledge. Getting more knowledge. Sure, you better get knowledge. For lack of it, you get destroyed. But... 
if we can learn enough, we think then we'll finally be great. I'll finally have it. I just get enough teaching, get enough greatness, go to the next conference, the next conference, but you're never serving in the local body. If I can just get one more Joyce Meyer teaching, if I can just get one more Steve Furtick TikTok, if I can just get one more liner from T.D. Jakes, I'll finally make it. No, 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 no. Just getting more knowledge doesn't make you great. Getting another teaching doesn't make you great. You know how Jesus spelled greatness? You know how he spelled greatness? He spelled it S-E-R-V-E. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and give his life a ransom for many. That is where real growth starts being exemplified. You got to be released for service. And then when you do what? You really start reflecting Jesus Christ in the gift that he's given you. Look down on that list. In fact, I'm going to tell you something that's coming up next Sunday. One of the greatest things that we've brought to this church is the hero training because of City Serve Michigan. Over 500, I think, 500, how many, we got, how many heroes we have? 540 heroes have signed up in this church. Those of you who don't know what City Serve is, is we brought City Serve and they're beautiful, incredible donated products from big box, big box realtors. And we take those in turn and we empower God's people to be a hero, to find someone who's disconnected from Jesus, listen closely, doesn't know the Lord or away from the Lord, and we find a felt need in their life, we touch that felt need to open up the door to have a conversation. And that conversation, we pray, one day leads to knowing Jesus is Lord. That's serving, isn't it? No strings attached. I tell you, I got a great testimony from somebody not too long ago. They're in an apartment complex trying to engage the person. You know, you know how people can just be so uptight lately. Ooh, boy, people are getting so uptight. So suspicious of everybody. But this one individual of our church became a hero, learned how to use the app, noticed her neighbor had cats. And she had a cat. And she said, you know what? I'm going to look on that hero app. And sure enough, there were cat supplies on there. Cat supplies. Never been able to talk to that neighbor. Never ever saw her at the door. Put it on her door, said, hey, from one uh, cat lover to another, just a gift for you, and it opened up a door for conversation. And now that conversation is going to lead to one about Jesus Christ. Just wait. See, there are plenty of opportunities. I'm just not sure everybody's releasing their gift. What gift do you have? Next week, we're going to have hero training. Uh, just, you just get up there and just sign up. Say, hey, I want to be a hero for hero training because next Sunday we're going to have it. And guess what? You get a free lunch. Wait a minute. Did all the Dutch leave my church? What happened? I said, it's a free lunch. I'm half Dutch, so don't get offended, okay? I know I don't look like it, but hey, I'm half Dutch. Reifkogel, think about it, okay? going to be a free lunch. We'll train you. be about an hour, maybe a little under an hour, right, Pastor Eric? Yeah, a little under that. There's child care available. I want you to sign up. You say, hey, I want to be there next Sunday. I want you to try to even use it before we get into Good Friday. There's maybe a neighbor you see that has some kind of a thing they love to do, and you look there, wait a minute, my neighbor, he's, he's, he, he's into fishing. Wait a minute, there's these fishing stuff. There's outdoor camping stuff. Just something to open the door and have a conversation. Be your hero that brings someone to Jesus Christ. Sign up next week. We'll train you. We'll show you how to use the app. It's going to be awesome. How many know we have been released for service, and when we do, we start reflecting Jesus in a powerful way when we serve? All right. Now, I told you there's a benefit to this. 
I'm bringing this in for a landing. But there are rewards for serving. I don't do it for this, but I get it anyway. Here are the rewards. First of all, let me just tell you that there is no task beneath you you can do. I don't care if you carry a PhD. There's no task beneath you. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 says this. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts of God's God has appointed for the church. No, Paul's saying the same thing he said to the Ephesians. He says, first are apostles, second prophets, thirds are teachers, then those who do miracles and those who have gifts of healing. Oh, I want that one. I want to do miracles and healings and signs and wonders. I want to teach with the greatest. Great. But then look what he puts in there through the Holy Spirit. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership and those who speak in unknown tongues. I want the tongues. Why is it that everybody wants the ones that show off and make a good TikTok or a good Instagram, but nobody wants to do the one that just says, I want to help somebody I want to serve in the church. I want to serve somebody. I get no thank you. I don't need a thank you. I don't need to have someone recognize me. I just want to help somebody. And you know what's interesting about this? He slides serving people in with apostles, prophets, pastors. He puts it in there with people who raise the dead. He says those who serve others are equally as important and will be recognized by God than those who raise the dead. You want to be important? You want to be up there as high as raising the dead? Just find somebody to serve in the body of Christ. And he says that. How many thank God? He says your task is important to him. And God promises you that he's going to bless you when you serve. Look at Ephesians 6, 7. Look at chapter 6, verse 7. He says, serve wholeheartedly. Do it with joy. As if you were serving the Lord and not men. Because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. He says, I am telling you that when you do it, act like Jesus is in front of you. A whole lot more people would learn how to give if Jesus would sit down right beside him and serve and say, so what are we going to do today? We'd treat people a whole lot different if it was Jesus right there in front of you. He said, that's the way we do it. That's the way we do it. And he says, do it unto the Lord. And you know what it does? Friends, I'm telling you, if you'll serve, you'll be a lot happier in this life. I mean, everybody's getting ticked off. Everybody's got a short fuse. If people would serve, I would just tell you right now, you'll be, the happiest people I met have ever met are people that are always serving, just love serving. I'm serious. In fact, you don't believe me. If you don't believe in the Bible, okay, you just say, I don't believe the Bible. Well, then you believe psychology today, don't you? I read this article from Psychology Today. It, it was entitled, What We Get When We Give. It's by Dr. Christine Carter. Let me just read you just a line of this article. People who volunteer tend to experience fewer aches and pains. Giving help to others protects overall health twice as much as aspirin protects against heart disease. People 55 and older who volunteer for two or more organizations have an impressive 44% lower likelihood of dying, and that's after sifting out every other contributing factor, including physical health, exercise, gender, habits like smoking, marital status, and many more. It means that volunteering is nearly as beneficial to our health as quitting smoking. 
So if you came in here going, oh, 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 you need to volunteer. You need to serve. I mean, psychology today says you want to be more joyful. You want to have a great life. Then learn to serve. And you know what else is so important? I'm telling you what's so important. The people that serve, I believe, sometimes get the greatest revelations from God, enjoy service, get more out of worship, get more out of teaching. I'm telling you, people that serve get more out of it. And I tell you the reason why. Have you ever noticed something in Jesus Christ's first miracle he ever performed on the planet Earth, his first one, turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana? John chapter 2. Do you know that the crowd never saw the miracle? It was only the servants that saw and experienced the miracle. The crowd that usually is just wanting to serve us didn't see it. But the servants were the only ones that saw and experienced the miracle and the revelation of who he was. So if you want to get a deeper revelation of Jesus, you want to experience more miracles, you want to experience more, start serving and watch God start revealing his goodness to you in a powerful and profound way. <laughs> and you don't just be blessed here. How many know you'll be blessed for eternity? I love what the writer of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says. He says, he will not forget how hard you have worked for him, how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers. I don't care if it's flipping a sign. I don't care if it's changing a dirty diaper. Volunteering with youth, running a camera when nobody sees you, working up in a room up there, a photographer, whatever it might be, some gift you have. The reality of this is, is that one day, Bible does tell me that God will judge every Christ follower about their works. Whether they were wood, hay, or stubble like the Pharisees who only gave it so they could be recognized. Don't you, get, don't you remember how much I gave? He says they have the reward. Guess what? The reward is right here. To be recognized on the earth. He says that's the reward. They'll never see it there because they're never going to make it there. Isn't that interesting? It'll be whether it be silver and gold or wood, hay, or stubble. He just judge our works when we get there. Do you know that? That's not what motivates me to serve him. That's not what gives me my salvation. But he's paying attention to what we did with the gift. And did we release it? What's he saying to you today? What's he speaking to you? Looking through that list. Maybe there's something on there that you have that ain't even on there yet that God's wanting to do. Because I'm telling you, there's one day he says, I'm going to reward you for every bit of your hard work. When nobody saw it, you didn't do it. And people said, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Just keep on serving. But I'm going to tell you what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting when I stand before him that he says, well done. Sam, well done. I do not want... I do not want to go up there and he goes, well, Sam, well, I gave you that and that's what you did with it? No, I want you and me to hear. I want us to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and now I will make you ruler over many things in eternity. Come on, enter into the joy of the Lord. You thought that was joyful down there. Wait till you experience the joy you have up here because of what you did with what you had there. I'm believing God to release you today.
in powerful, powerful ways. What do you have? Your age, your stage of life. What do you have to say, God, I release this gift? Wow. You may go through that later on this afternoon. Pray as a couple, as a single person, pray. Fill that out, and we're going to get right back to you. We're going to get back to you. We'll help you go through the process. If that's not a good fit for you, we'll find a good fit for you. But how many of you believe God's going to bless you, not just now, but for eternity? We say, God, here it is. I give it to you. Oh, you know what gift you have? You can suck in air this morning. That's a gift. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise you, the Lord.